You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 216 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? Good. What's happening in Gina world? Uh, okay, so spring. It's spring here. Yes, and warmer weather. I yes. have just come back on from a long ride, and I went riding with Oprah. And Seth mm-hmm. Godin today. Oh, did you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Were they on the back of the bike? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Yep. <laughs> and what did Oprah and Seth have to say? Well, Oprah is always entertaining when you yes. go on long rides. And so uh, she introduced me to – well, I'd already heard about him, but she properly introduced me to Ralph Lauren, who is celebrating oh, okay. 50 years as a fashion icon. Yes. And so he came on the ride too. And <laughs> I really enjoyed – the bike was very crowded. Yeah, clearly. But I very much enjoyed his story. Fantastic um, podcast. I highly recommend uh, a bit of – everyone have a bit of Oprah in their life. But uh, which I'm podcast specifically? To, uh, so it's what's Oprah's latest one. She's got a couple. Hang on, I'm looking on my app. But as I'm looking, I want to tell you about something that really resonated uh with me that uh, Ralph said, and he talked about okay. um, the reason that he has his his label uh, has lasted the distance is that he he said forget fashion. He said be timeless, and I'm like. I reckon that applies to art that's and great. photography as well. Yes. I think that's fantastic advice. So think mm. about the type of work that you want to create and uh, think about the type of work that you're making now and is it fashion or is it timeless? Is it I a classic? It. Because mm. the classic is going to uh, last the distance and it'll be the classic images that you create that you'll look at in five, ten years' time, you'll still want to have them in your folio, in your yeah. website, you'll still want to share them. There's something timeless about them. Fashion uh, – which at the time when you do it, everyone's going to love it. Oh, my God, this is so different. This is so amazing. <laughs> oh, my God, you've gone for shoulder pads <laughs> and uh, big earrings. Amazing. But then what happens? I really want to know who you're trying to channel when you I put that know. voice who on, do which you, you do. Because what I'm thinking of doing is getting my own YouTube channel <laughs> and just starting a YouTube channel as this person. Can we give her a name? Cause, Are oh you my trying God. to be a millennial? Are you trying to be what? No, it's not. But it's just a general someone who... 
<laughs> annoys me. <laughs> we'll just, I don't know. So, um, okay. yeah, that, that, when he said that, I just said, oh my God, that is gold. Yes, no more wonder. He's great, fantastic story. Mm. So, a super soul something. Oh, Oprah's Super Soul Super Sundays. Soul conf- no, Super okay. Soul Conversations. Oh, right, yeah, So she yeah, does okay. long-form, slickish uh, conversations with uh, all sorts of people. So every time I need a bit of grounding, Val, I go to Oprah. Okay. And uh, Seth. Oh, yes, Seth. Seth was the uh, ride home and mm-hmm. he talked about uh, the importance of uh, – perspective about criticism so he listed all these uh amazing books and movies and that none of them got five star reviews and all of them are like one star and he said if you're going to make a mark in the world then you've got to expect to be criticized and he sort of uh, flipped all of that around and his podcast that Mm. i really love if you're going on a big ride is uh akimbo have you listened to that? I have not, actually. Akimbo. Akimbo. He's fantastic. 21-minute uh, eps, uh, 28, 21-minute, you know, and it's uh, Seth in, in fine form. I love how he – I love everything he has to say. I love his awesome. art, the art of storytelling. So yes. that's uh, me. What about you? <laughs> well, you know, I've met Seth and he gave me the blurb that's on the front cover of my book. There you go. You hang out you with go. all the best people, don't you? I mean, <laughs> like, sorry, I started the show with a massive name drop that I had Oprah on the back of my bike. Yeah, yeah. I okay. mean, I think I trump yours, but Oprah okay. never wrote the front of any of my books. Yeah, that's okay. One day, Gina, one day. Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> He's well, amazing. Listeners, this isn't so you want to know what other podcasts to listen to. Hopefully you're just no, listening to No, yes, it is. I just gave a couple of good <laughs> recommendations. I did. No, that's it's true. like you asked me uh, what I've been doing. I told you. There you go. Yes, but we are actually going to talk about photography, so rest assured that is coming. And, in fact, I'm really looking forward to t- today's guest and because uh, this episode is called How to Be a Fearless Photographer with guest Julia Coddington. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a really interesting adjective, fearless photographer, because you kind of wonder sometimes when do you need to be fearless because there are so many applications of that of that word. So yeah. I'm keen to get into the guts of that. So sorry, you asked me what I've been up to. What have I been up to? I learnt silk screening yesterday. Of course of you things. did. Yeah, which was really fun. I didn't yeah. learn the photographic emulsion kind of silk screening. I just learned the more manual, you know, um, rustic approach. But it was yeah. pretty interesting and and fun and, you know, you get a bit dirty. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just like learning new things, so that was pretty good. So I'm going to um, see a series of uh, Valerie Koo, Andy Warhol-esque sort <laughs> of uh, images coming my way. Sometime I don't soon, know. Val? I'm not actually sure whether silk screening's my thing. I'm really glad I learnt it. I'm really glad I went to the workshop. But I think you have to try lots of different techniques and skills and mediums and genres and stuff like that in order to find out the ones that resonate with you, whether that's yeah. art or photography or writing or whatever, any form of creativity. And so I have been educated 
educating myself and going to various workshops and trying out different things. And it's true. There's some that just really click with you and others that you just go, you know, that was really interesting, but it's probably not something that's grabbed me that much. You know what I mean? Right. I thought it would, but it didn't. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's all in the doing, isn't it, that you realise? And that's, I guess, that's why we say, like, I wanted to be a fashion photographer when I first started photography until I started mm. doing it. And then yeah. I realised that it, it wasn't what I thought it would be. And I realised that once I started shooting portraits, I'm like, wow, this this is what I love. And it's, I guess, you have to do it to work it out. Right. What did you think fashion photography was going to be, and what did you? I, no, no. I t- what was t- it? T- no, no, end? no. It's not what I. It's not that it wasn't what I thought it would be. I guess it was everything I thought it would be. I wasn't who I thought I was. I guess I changed. I think, and that world, it just I couldn't relate. Val, yeah, is, is my honest answer, and uh, I. I felt a real disconnect with the images. I wanted more from my image. I mean, there, there, mm. there are so many different um, uh, types of fashion photography, but I think what I was attracted to wasn't what it was. And, and so it was I wanted to be uh, creating a different kinds of images. And so I needed that interaction with the person that I was photographing for me to feel fulfilled. And I wasn't getting that with fashion, but a lot of people who do fashion um, find that it does fill them up because they're, they're, they're able to communicate in a different way. Just Mm. wasn't for me. Interesting. Okay. Mm. And I understand you've also been busy with uh, new tutorial, new tutorials on working with naked flash. Is that right? What yeah. is so exactly be naked flash about in that. case it's like, there's... Do you, do you hold the flash when you're naked? Because that could be also, <laughs> uh, you know, that could also qualify as naked flash. So, you, you get a yeah, lot of I've... reflector depending on how pale well, you are. How, it depends on the time of the year for me, Val. Uh, and yeah, so, um, naked flash, no modifier, just using the actual, um, bare flash as, Mm. as a modifier and you can still shape that light. So this is a a tutorial on that and quite an extensive one. So for the gold members, uh, that'll be out, I think next week. So yeah, to check that out. And if you want to be a member of the gold community uh, over at GinaMilitia.com, it's an awesome community and here's a little bit of information about it. Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production, you get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. 
As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Goal community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. Right, moving on to this week's topic, how to be a fearless photographer with guest Julia Coddington. What have you got for us this week, Gina? Yeah, so Julia Coddington is an amazing street photographer and I've been following her work for quite a while now and just a stands out beautiful style that she has. There's some uh, examples of her work in the show notes. Uh, also, I think it's just a good idea before you're listening to these uh, episodes to go and check out the photographer's work uh, and um, so you've got a sense of uh, the images that we're talking about in the show. So she uses colour so beautifully in her street photography and also has such a beautiful sense of style about her. And the thing that I love about Julia is that she's such a fearless photographer. So um, just a bit about her, like she, mm. um, she's uh, like an Australian photographer. She's based in Sydney and uh, – she really gets up and in amongst the people that she's photographing, like so close it makes me nervous. So I was really keen to find out about that. She's a multi-award winner. Her work has been um, in, uh, shown around the world. She's also judged street photography uh, festivals mm. around the world and and exhibited around the world as well, including like Paris and London and all the, all the, the hot spots. So um, – amazing stuff and uh, in this interview we're going to talk about how she got into her career and she did start uh, a lot later in life like in her late 40s when when she really started taking this seriously after the kids were a bit older which is a common story I find uh, with a a, a lot of people because it's like you've got a sort of or people are getting the the career bit out of the way and then they're looking to um, having a, a sea change like you I guess Val it's like you did that for, you did your writing and now you're branching mm. out and getting into your art so it's, it's it's quite common and she talks about how she developed that that uh, strong style that she had overcoming fear as a photographer which is I think a big one for like I think everyone <laughs> that, that, that hmm. is starting out asks that question but how do I get over that fear of approaching people or getting those shots and also one thing that was so interesting that she talked about was the advantages of being invisible as an older woman which is something I think that mm. older women do notice that as, as you get older suddenly uh, you do kind of blend into the background or people aren't paying as much attention so Julia likes to use this to her advantage and get some amazing uh, shots and then she also talks about the importance of knowing your rights as a photographer how to develop confidence and she oozes confidence when she shoots and um, also uh, something that uh, Donato Di Camello also touched on when I interviewed him that that street smarts and developing that as a photographer, knowing who to approach 
and who to leave alone and also she delves into the the way that she works her shots like I got right into her head I have to know all this stuff Val so hmm. uh, we got right into her head and wanting to know how she's getting in there and thinking about the ideas and coming up with stuff and working those shots and the workflow so uh, shares lots of amazing insights in this interview shall we have a listen let's listen Julia Coddington, welcome to the show. How are you going? Great. Thanks, Dina. So it's a lovely Monday morning here where I am. And where in the world are you? I live in Austin Mere, um, New South Wales, Australia, which is just south of Sydney. It's on the coast and it's just paradise. It's beautiful. What What's the closest town that I might reckon I've never heard of it I've possibly driven through what's what's what would be the next uh, major town to to Austin Mere Wollongong all oh, right uh, well yeah it's north of Wollongong so it's south of um it's between the national park and Wollongong um it's right on the coast there are beautiful beaches and we live just um up on the escarpment so in amongst the trees and is it a big town? Like no, Ostermere itself is about two and a half thousand people. So you all know each other? <laughs> almost, yeah. almost. We know lots of people. We recognise lots of people. And then there's another town just down the road called Thoreau, which right. is a little bit bigger. And Ostermere and Thoreau are kind of joined together. And so, is it like most? Coastal town sort of sleepy through the winter and then it, it like you get all the tourists coming up in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's very sleepy in the winter. Although on the weekends in the winter we still get quite a lot of traffic from um Sydney, Western Sydney in particular, because it's quite close to Western Sydney. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I love your work. It's beautiful. Uh it, now, did you come into photography later in life? Is that right? Um, yeah. I mean, I've always loved photography and I've always had a camera. So yep. even, you know, as a kid, I always had a, had a camera, a little um, Polaroid or, you know, those little um, Kodachrome Instamatic cameras that we used to have, the 110 format. The cartridge that was. Yeah, the 110 format cartridges. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then as I got older, I got a um an Olympus OM10, I think, when I was in my early 20s. Yep. Um and had that for for quite a while. And then sort of, you know, lost interest or couldn't just didn't have the time when I had the kids because that consumed consumed me. Mm. Um and I was just mostly taking photos of them. But then I developed my interest again when my oldest uh, child got into photography and then I I got another um, DSLR. It was just sort of at the start of um, digital digital cameras. So So around 2000, something like that? uh, Probably the mid-2000s. Yeah. Yeah, about 2005, 2006. And, and, and what, what sort of stuff were you shooting at that time? And the, and this is sort of like a, a casual interest, like a, a hobby? Yeah, just a casual in- interest. But I liked detail. I liked to photograph detail and you know, birds and 
um, details of interesting kind of rock formations and that sort of thing. Mm. And then um, I I got an iPhone, I guess it was about 2008 when they first came out Yeah, and started photographing people. I, I got a buzz out of photographing photographing people kind of candidly uh-huh. and, and um, you know, knowing that they, the, knowing that I could sort of take photos of them discreetly without them knowing and getting sort of quirky shots of them was really interesting to me. And I've always been fascinated by people. Even as a kid, actually, I used to always take lots of photos of of you know the, my family and friends without them knowing yeah kind of trying to get them can- candid photos of them yeah um so that's always really interested me and sort of capturing um little moments between people and and people's emotions so yeah it was really the iphone that got me back back into that and and so with your iPhone images at that when you started shooting, are you starting to share the images at this point, or are no, they just for you? No, <laughs> just for me. Right. Yeah, and and I shared them a bit with um, you know, friends and family, and so yeah, that I I wasn't really. I guess I was on Facebook then, so yeah, I probably shared a little. A few of them. I can't really remember. I I would have to look back through yeah. my Facebook feed and see if there are any on there. So how did that evolve? How did taking iPhone images uh, develop into the type of stuff that you're doing now, where you're you know rec- recognised a- a- across the the world for your beautiful style? So how how do you get from uh, someone taking iPhone images discreetly of people to where you are now. How how did that happen? Um, well, I was able to start traveling as the kids got older. I was able to start traveling, and so um, my partner Jerry Orkin and I went on a couple of big sort of round the world trips starting in in 2012, and we were actively taking photos then of people in the street and um, Jerry. Also, you know, he's he's played a, an important role in my development as a photographer because he was a photographer a long time ago. Yeah. And so I, I learned a lot from him. Commercial photographer? Well. Uh, he worked in, in Canberra for what was then the Institute of Aboriginal Affairs. Um, right. Working in the um, photo library there and, and doing documentary work as well right um so so yeah jerry was an important um part of me getting into street photography street photography and we kind of did it at the same time so i had a companion to to work with so you're learning your so it's out of um, wanting to capture your your trips, your world travels. That are you still using the iPhone at this point, or have you moved no, to a camera? No. So I moved to a. Um, I had I had a Canon, and then I switched to <clears throat> to Pentax. Yep. So I had a um, a K five, 
And then um, when we were travelling, the the Pentax got quite heavy. Yeah. And so then and we wanted something lighter and easier. And so we switched to um, we got a little Olympus pen each. Yep. And that was that was good. And then from there we sort of both moved to Fuji. So we both use Fuji now. So now you're Fuji, you're on the mirrorless. I've just uh yeah. started yep. dabbling in mirrorless uh in the last year. And, well you've got uh, a lot of options now. I've got a lot of options. I yeah. feel I, 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 I still feel very klutzy using this camera. I do love mm-hmm. it. I love the freedom that I've got the X one hundred F. I love the freedom that it gives me. It's so discreet. Yeah. People don't take me seriously when I'm walking around with this camera, which I love. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the future now. So, all right. When you're there like 2012, you'd be kind of, um, it's more self-taught. What, what is your background? What, what was, what were you, um, working as, as you're learning the photography? So I, I'm, I did art at school right through to year 12, so I've always had sort of an artistic uh, flair. Mm. And and then I did uh, – I studied landscape architecture. I, I did a, an, an honours degree in geography and history, and that was completely useless. So then <laughs> <laughs> I decided to do – I decided to do um, a graduate um, – degree in landscape architecture and there was a heavy emphasis on design right um so and that i've always been quite good at graphics and design yeah and i think that um that's very helpful it does it comes through in your work you can see you can see there's there, there is something kind of architectural in your images um maybe how you layer or the composition but yeah, there's definitely that design background. Do, do do you think that's influencing how you see? I think it definitely influences how I see. I like I like to keep things really clean mm. and crisp mm. and and simple. Yeah. Um, without a lot of mess. Yeah. And and it makes the image more. It makes it stronger. I yeah. think. Yeah. And I like yeah I like strong simple. Um, colourful images. So, a- as you're doing like the work, learning, learning how how you want to see and and the stories that you want to tell, what 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 sort of um, what sort of stuff are you doing to teach yourself? Uh, you know, all all the elements of photography, like in terms of processing images and even just the the shooting style. Is it a matter of doing a shoot, going checking it out? Uh, taking notes for yourself or would like what, what what's your work process like to in in those last uh like in this last six years because uh you've got this uh a really distinct style now uh i imagine that wasn't the case when you started so how how did that evolve what's the process what how, can you describe that for us um yeah it has evolved and it's just you know, it's just every every photographer evolves in a similar way and develops their own style. And I think um, 
I did I did a couple of workshops um, and that, you know, I think workshops are really valuable in yeah. helping you um, develop as a photographer and also seeing, trying to work out your style, individual style as a photographer. Not necessarily from the person who is teaching you, yeah. but um, just learning, learning about, you know, composition and content and all all of the essential elements in photography <clears throat> it's um that's the way you kind of develop your own style and you and you see it you know there are things um people react to certain photos that you take and they're they're the photos and if they're the photos that you like that you um that resonate uh, that you um, are attached to, um, you sort of keep doing that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, that the work that I've done down at my local swimming pool in yep. Ostermere, which is just a little beach pool, that's that's what really got me started in terms of my my current style, you know yep. that sort of strong composition yes. with with layering and that sort of thing. Um, I that the pool was um, a very important um, place and setting. Yeah, it's for it's the very, development of my style. Beautiful images, and they really went went. To me, they look nostalgic. They remind that, like that's what summer feels like to me, or looks like in my memory. And it, it, it like a very uh, Australian look to those images with the beautiful blue skies and uh, you know the tanned bodies. But so going down there and like. You're in a, it's a small town. You've described it, a couple of thousand people. And so a lot of people that are maybe trying to learn photography, thinking about doing photography, often will say, well, I'm not living in New York, which is where you get the best street photos or Paris. But like here you are in this tiny little place and then you find this location that somehow speaks to you and and you've and what is it are you going there every day and just shooting and reviewing your shots posting getting the feedback how how does that how does that look so in the middle of winter um unless it's a warm winter there's no one there right not even someone walking a dog Oh yeah, but that's not my style. Of yeah, no, I don't, no. I, I like people. Yeah, in my lots of people in my photos. Yeah. Um. So, in in the summer and in the autumn and the beginning of spring, there are lots of people there in the summer, and lots of people come there from Western Sydney. So you get it's not just the locals that are there. Yep. All the time. You get this ethnic diversity, yeah, and that's that's what really that that's what I get excited about because yep. that's what Australia is, and yes. and it's like this little, yeah, it's a small, it's a tiny place. Austin is a tiny place, but 
everybody from Western Sydney, well, not everybody, right. but, you know, people from Western Sydney come to this little kind of oasis and, and they gather together and they, you know, everybody is in their swimsuits and there's no, there are, you know, there are cultural differences, but everybody's kind of exposed in their, you know, in their swimsuits and they just, they're, just feeling the joy of being in that place and they're so happy and no one cares who anybody is. Yeah. And it's just, it's like this melting pot. Yeah. It's like, a, it's two, two swimming pools and everybody's in them and it's like a melting pot and everybody is having fun and that I just love to, to go down there and capture that. I just love to capture the fun and the joy that they're having and, you know, that sort of sense of place. Yeah. It's a, it's a really special place. Now, your, your style, you are so close. Uh, like from when I'm looking at your image, I'm like you're right on top of people. You're right next to them. You, you shoot uh, very wide, so you need to yep. be close to fill the frame. That, That's right. That, that style, you, you don't just – pick up a camera and walk up and uh, a couple of millimetres from someone. How how did that evolve for you? Like did, did you just – did you start shooting further back and then look at the images and go, I need to be closer? Like what's the thought yeah, process? Yeah, yes. I, I, I did start further back and then just got closer and closer and, and that was a result of – doing the workshops I did some workshops with Mache Duckowitz who's a Polish street photographer mm. who does workshops throughout Asia right. and he um through doing those workshops I learned how to get closer and closer so that that's part of it but also so I shoot really wide I use 28 mil equivalent and a 21 mil equivalent yeah um and I'm hoping when Fuji makes their new um, releases their new 16 mil lens, I'll get that too. So <laughs> wow. I wish they would. I wish they would um, put out a new 18 mil. Right. But anyway, that's a different story. But <laughs> um, so so you know, by doing those workshops, I learned how to get closer, but it's also gaining confidence. It's all about confidence. Yeah. And, and learning to, um, and, and realizing that people don't really, they don't really pay attention to you, particularly me, because I'm, I'm small, I'm a middle-aged woman, you know, people don't really see me. I'm I become invisible. Yeah, let's talk about that invisibility because <laughs> um, you, you say that um, uh, one of the advantages for you being a woman in your 50s is that, you know, people just don't notice you and they're not expecting you to be there taking photos. And you can see the, the, the flip side of that is the photographer that struts around with five cameras hanging off them and three assistants. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're going to draw attention. But so here you are, uh, you know, that, like, so when you're at the pool, and you've mm -hmm. got your camera. Yeah. Are you in your cosy as well? Are you in your swimsuit, or are you? <laughs> no. Uh, right. No, so I, just, are I, you have, just... I don't have my shoe. I don't have my. I just. I'm in bare feet. Yes. 
Um, I get right in into the water. Um, right. I have my hat hat on and yeah. sunnies. My, my no, I wear glasses. So right. I I just have my hat over my yep. my glasses. So. And my secret weapon is my Fuji X70 with its little touch screen. Right. So I've got a very small, discreet camera. Yeah. And so, and I, I zone focus. So I set the focal um, length. So that's about 1.2 meters. So, right. you know, I can get everything, well, most, most things sort of in focus at a fairly close distance. So that um, allows you to shoot from the hip or lower down. You seems yeah, like you're so shoot shooting from, from the down. ankle so sometimes. Through, <laughs> yeah, well, I am. Yeah. I'm right down at their feet. Yeah. So there's a photo that I took of. I call it the shadow hand. It's yeah. A, it's a shadow on on the wall of the pool. Yes. And I was literally crouched down beside the woman, like at her feet. Yeah. And and they kept talking, waving their hands around, just completely oblivious. And what I do is I just pretend I'm taking photos of, you know, the the reflections in the water, or you know, the little creatures that are around in, in the rocks. So that they think that I'm this crazy woman taking photos, close up photos of things in the water. Right. They don't. They're not really aware that I'm of what I'm taking. Sometimes the the locals know me now, so they and they see my photos on Instagram. So they right. and they um they know what I'm doing. Um and they're fine with it. And um they think they think it's really kind of cute and interesting. <laughs> cute. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm just there with my hat on. No one can that no one pays attention to me. And it's it's just the best feeling, you know, actually becoming invisible. Yeah. The other thing that the other advantage is that when people go to the pool, and you'll know this when you go for a swim, you don't really care about what's around you. You know, you're more conscious of yourself being in a swimsuit. Yeah. And you're conscious of the sensations as you get into the water. And that's what you're focused on. You right. don't really, you know, you're not paying attention to anything else. You're just focused on how cold is the water going to be, you know. Yeah. Um, so they're not even noticing you. There's the, no. there's this this woman in the water clicking away, and uh, yeah, the, the, the really people are me. completely. There's a a beautiful uh, quote that you uh, it, it, from your about me where you say street photography for me is like an addiction, and with mm-hmm. any addiction there are highs and lows. It's also mm-hmm. about inserting yourself into a situation and becoming invisible, observing mm-hmm. people, their interactions, shapes, movements, colors, light and shadows. It's about seeing these things and capturing them. What I love most is to lose myself in my invisibility and meld into the scene, which is like it it, it appears like you do have this little invisibility cloak. And that secret weapon for you is having the confidence to know that people are in their own little world. That's right. Yep. And that's what, you know, I do tell our students that as well is just to realize that people are in their own little world and take and to take advantage of that. So that 
overcoming that fear and uh, getting sort of uh, more confident in getting closer to I, – I mean, the only way I can relate to that is like when I was about nine, I went through a little kleptomania stage where the local, <laughs> the local milk bar, uh, one of my friends said, you can steal, they won't know, they don't watch. And so <laughs> yeah. encouraged me to – I think I stole like and a And they Fredo. didn't have security cameras no, then no. either. So – so I stole a Freddo frog and uh, thought I'm going to hell. That's it, you know. And but I got away with it. But you know, for the next day, I expected the police to knock on my door. But I got away with it. Yeah. And then I said, "All right." Th- that gave me confidence to go back a couple of days later and have another crack. And, do and it I think, again. Yeah, yeah, I think I did it a few more times. And each time, I became a little bit more brazen, which with with what I would take, and and uh, you know that confidence. Confidence increased until I got caught, Julia. I got yeah. caught. <laughs> and it was humiliating because the man I there, you I know, told the school. My father had to come to the school and it, wa- it wasn't pretty. So no. that was the end of my life of crime. <laughs> Have you – Obviously, you've been busted, and what oh, does yeah. it? Because this is, I think, the greatest fear of all photographers, and whether it's doing street photography or approaching a stranger to take the photo, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? And what happens when you get caught? What happens when you get caught? So the other day, oh, a couple of weeks ago, I was in um, in the city in the Pitt Street Mall. Yeah, and. Um, I I get up really close to people. They're they're how watching clo- just performances. How close are you in terms of like what's the measurement? Uh, uh probably about um a foot and a half away from them, or closer. Yeah, so pretty pretty that's close. Close. Yeah. Are you an introvert? Uh I'm a little bit shy. Shy. Yeah. Mm. So does that yeah, do you I'm, not I'm feel not uncomfortable being that no. – or do you just feel like I've got my invisibility cloak on? Is it like me with the klepto phase? You just haven't been caught properly yet that you'll – Oh, well, no. As I was about to say, I did get caught. But I, I was I – was, um, there was a guy there with his kids and in, in a pram and – he thought I was taking photos of them. I actually wasn't. It was really funny oh. because I wasn't taking photos of the kids because I'm a bit wary of taking photos of kids with particular people. You know, you can tell you can tell which people to steer clear of. That's interesting. Anyway, yeah. So anyway, um, he came up to me and he said, "Did you take a photo of my kid?" And I said, "No," which was a, which was the truth. Yes. And he said. It's illegal to take photos of, of children. And I said, no, it's not, no, it's not. illegal <laughs> in the state of New South Wales. No. If you're in a public place, you can take photos. And he kept saying that it was illegal. It was illegal. And I kept saying, no, you need to Google it and check, <laughs> <laughs> um, check the law. And it is perfectly legal to take photos of anything or anybody in a public place. Right. And he was becoming quite aggressive and and he was coming closer and closer to me. He was a lot taller than me, obviously, like most people are. (laughs) And I get, and I continued to get closer and closer to him. Really? And yep. And we, because, you know, people, 
who are taller than me like to stand over me because right. I'm short. And so yeah. I was doing the op- I was trying to counter that by yeah. getting closer and closer to him and because he was threatening me. And so I just got really close so that I was all I was touching his body. Wow. And I said, "No, you are incorrect." And and he said, "I'll call the police." And I said, "You go ahead, you call the police." And then um I, you know, I don't usually like to confront people. I like to tell them what I'm doing, that mm. I'm a street photographer and this is, you know, what I'm doing is important. And, and it's a form of art, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Um, but he was quite threatening. And so this is the way I dealt with it. And, um, and it worked and he backed <laughs> off. Wow. So, Mm. She stood your ground. You got the confidence. You know what's right. I stood my ground. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. You know what's right, and you have the confidence, and you feel that what you're doing is important, which I do. Yeah. Um. Then you know, you don't need to feel afraid. And you are fearless. Um. In I, I have become. Um, fearless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is there any yeah. situation? Like, are you ever second guessing? Are you saying no? I can't take that image, or are you? Have you just managed to work out a way to block that that inner monologue that I think stops a lot of people from take? Oh, that's a great shot. No, I'll get caught. Do Do you just not have that? Um, in most cases. Um, yeah, I don't have that. But in some situations, you know, as I was saying before, there are certain people that you will not get too close to because you can just get a vibe from them that yeah. it's not it's not safe to get too close. So I interviewed uh, Donato Di Camillo, who's a yes, uh, I listened to that oh, the other day, um, it's, and he it's talks great. about the same thing that he developed a uh, a sense of street smart. And I yeah. think, do you think that that is the more you shoot, you get a sense of it's just the way they carry themselves, or uh, yeah. so- something in their energy yeah. that, that, you get that a warns you? Sense. Yeah. yeah, definitely have a second sense, and that comes. As he was saying, it comes about through experience. Right. So I guess you didn't you didn't have that as well at, like when you were starting. Like, no, so no. this is a muscle that you can definitely train. Most definitely. All yeah. right. So let's talk about um, the work itself, developing that shooting style. When you're going out, so you've you've got a choice. You've got the the hometown. Uh, that mm-hmm. you, you're going back to that that same location, which I think is a beautiful thing. And even like when I travel myself, I try and base myself in the one little city for several days, and I find myself going back to the same location, yeah. morning, yeah. noon, night, afternoon, different weather, same. and it's just like this. That, that there'll be a a certain backdrop that I continue to go back to, and then mm-hmm. it's like the the people of the town are like the uh, the the changing actors that come onto the yeah. stage. Uh, did yep. you have that same sort of – so you'll you'll find that there is a particular location. What what are you looking for in that in that location when in, you're there? At, down at the pool? Yeah. 
Um, so more and more I'm looking for layers and, right. uh, you know, and trying to separate the subject yep. and get and getting close. And so getting subjects that are just really, that's my challenge now um, is to get those layers and, and to get the foreground layer really, really close. Yeah. And, but also to get something interesting happening. Right. Because it's all very well to get the layers and the subjects separated. But the other challenge is to get um, something interesting happening in that scene. And is that. By now, so like there, there is probably a good six years now that you've been shooting this style of uh, street photography. Do you feel like it is uh, an intuitive reaction, or are you pre we pre visualizing and willing <laughs> stuff to come into the scene? Are you? Is it just like? in the zone and you're just clicking away and like you kind of know you've got the shot but how does that work um it's uh, i find always i always get better shots when i'm in the zone yeah and sort of really melded into the scene so down at the pool it's easy i just hang out there for hours and hours and and just watch groups of people and what they're doing yep and if there's an interesting character you know who's who's doing a lot of you know hand waving or expressions i'll I'll be attracted to that and right. so I'll just move around move around that scene and work particular scenes so if there's a scene developing, I'll just hang there and probably you know just keep taking photos because when I'm taking photos, that's sort of the warming up and the practicing right for for capturing that one moment so you you know what contact you know if you look at your contact sheets yeah when you're working a scene there'll always be quite a quite a lot of um, photos that you take to start to warm up to start and you'll move around that scene and then you'll finally get it bang and then you might take a couple afterwards but that's that's what I try and do when I'm down there so do you know when you've got it in terms of like you don't even have to look you feel it Rather yeah, than, you feel yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You do feel it. That makes sense. So just like in terms of that day then like, and in terms of the work that goes into creating mm-hmm. the body of work that you've got so far, yeah. are you are you going down every day? Is it well, like – Well, as I, as I said, I haven't been down there through the winter. Yep. So I when when it in in the winter time I go to other places. But when I'm in when I'm working down there in the yep. summer I'll, I'll, it's usually on the weekend or yeah. Friday. Yeah. Um, because I have to work through the week. <laughs> or yeah. I'll go down there in the summer, I'll go down there in the afternoons. It's quite a lot of people in the, down, the locals are down there in the afternoons. So I'll take, I'll fire off my shots. I'll bring them back. I'll, um, download them onto the computer into Lightroom, go through them, tag them, you know, tag the good, pee the good ones. Yeah. And then um, go back, go back through those P's, the flagged ones. Yes. And then select the good ones from from those. So just narrowing them down. Star yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I do the, the three, I do four, a, five stars. Yeah. Similar. I start, do a one sweep for. I don't never reject. I always. It's more positive to say that's good. 
or yeah. it gets a zero if it's if it's not. Do, so do you find that that first sweep that you do, you just mm-hmm. bang, 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 that's great, that's great. Do you ever find that if you go back uh, in a different frame of mind a month later or two months later, there's images that you've missed or do, are you always like th- that's the one there and you know it? There are definitely images that I miss. Right. So it's I, I love actually going when I've got time, mm. I love to go back through them and just just look again and and see if I've missed any. In a different and frame I, of mind because that can in influence a frame what you see. If you're having yep. a bad Definitely. day, yeah. So, so in that day that you're out there, let's say, at the pool, how much mm-hmm. are you physically shooting? Because um, – there's other street photographers that I've spoken to that will say that it's one frame and if I can't get that image in one frame, then it's like it's not going to happen or then there's others that will shoot. You You sound like you work the shot. I have a similar approach. I will work a shot. What Like ha- how many is like are you firing away or are you oh, Well, more- it depends if, if, the, if, the, if, if it's sunny, yeah. I'll just – keep going and keep going and stay down there literally for hours and hours and just walk around and it's a small place but there are lots of different um, little kind of scenes and spots where people hang and so I'll just go back and forth to the same same spots right and you know different different people come and go and so if I if I see a scene developing I'll just as I said I'll just click off I I find it better if I just take lots of photos because right. it's just it's just it helps me get into um the zone. If it's I'm a, taking lots of photos, that's the way I get into the zone. It's a groove. It's like you start off with a walk, then you get into a slow jog and then you sprint yep. and then you exactly. do the warm down afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's how I work. And so when that's your familiar turf, that's like that, that's like home. When you when you're traveling, like you've you've got a beautiful series that you shot in India. I love India. But just before I ask you about your workflow there, how did that feel for you uh, the first time you um, landed in India and had a look around? What what was that like as a photographer? Um. Well. I've been to India a few times. Yeah. I, I started going there in 1986. Wow. Um, and I wish I could find my, my photos from then. Yeah. But they're tucked away somewhere. Anyway, so India is a special place. Mm. It's, um, as they say, incredible India. It certainly is. Yeah. And um, it's not for the faint-hearted. So if you if you're a fussy traveler <laughs> don't go there you've got to have you've got to be patient extremely patient and tolerant it's it's in your face so yeah. in so many different ways so the smells you know you'll get beautiful smells of incense and perfume but then you'll get the really disgusting smells of you know raw sewage yeah and the you know it's a the people there are people everywhere yeah and there's so much poverty and you know people begging and people crawling along the ground 
but there's so much beauty mm. and it's so cultural culturally diverse and they're so happy and they're just I love the Indians they're just wonderful yeah and it's so colorful so um you know I always have issues with with going there as a you know a privileged white person Mm. um but at the same time it's it's a special place and I love to to capture that so, in my photos. And I love how you captured India. But for, so for your style where you do love this sort of um, clean sense of design and then India for me is like chaos 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a always stuff everywhere. <laughs> so yeah. let's say you land in, in a city in India and mm-hmm. you're heading out to shoot, what's what's your workflow look like in a new place like that? Do you recce first? Do you just just land and go? How does that work? How does that look? Oh, I just I, – you get so stimulated by being in a different place. <laughs> yeah. You just want to start shooting straight away. Yeah. That's certainly the case for me. And, you out the and back of the taxi you, firing away as you, as yeah, you head to – Yeah, get, get – Firing away, yeah, yeah. and it's part of my warming up is to just okay. Start so that's the, the walking into the slow jog. You just into yep. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, we'll we'll just go, we'll just go all day walking and walking to different parts and take photos all day, right. and then we'll go 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 back home and and download them and go through them. Um. We're we've actually we're actually going in November again for a couple of weeks with other street photographers that oh, we know. That'll be amazing. Yeah. So there will be five of us going and Fantastic. we'll do we'll do it's going to be a peer um led group. So we're all kind of fairly equal in terms of our skill level and we will Go. We'll shoot all day. And we'll go back, download, and edit, and then we'll peer review our our work. That's going to um, be incredible because you'll all sort of uh, everybody rises <laughs> because yeah. you've got that competition to just keep going. Um, yeah. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. So, um, so you're in there and you do the, the the same sort of workflow when you're in India, then yeah, um, yeah. and and any other new place that you go to. Yeah, yeah. Um, just the the last couple of months, I've been a lot busier with work and and I'm doing a photojournalism course as well. So oh, I've fantastic. Had, yeah, so I've had. A lot less time to shoot and to, you know, my images get downloaded, but I don't have, I haven't had as much time to go through, through it all in the same way I usually do. Right. So, yeah, lately I've been a little, um, I haven't put as much stuff on social media because I've just been busier. And so when you're shooting, is there a like a particular time of day you prefer? Is there a particular style of light that you like to work in or are you going to try and um, pull something out regardless of the, the, the weather conditions that you have? Or is that the challenge? Yeah, I mean I try and work in all different 
light conditions. But mm. my favourite, of course, is well, down at the pool it's the afternoon. Yep. The the morning or the afternoon, because the, the middle of the day, particularly in summer, it's the the light is so harsh. Yes. Down there, so it's it's hard to pull anything out of that unless it's a really good action shot. Right. Um. Or you know something really quirky happening. Um, but I, if I'm working in, I, I like to, um, also work with, with light and shadow. Yeah. Um, and that's, you can do that in the middle of the day. So one of my other favorite places is the Pitt Street Mall in Sydney, where you get light, you get that interface between light and dark. Yeah. And so I like to get people's faces in the light but the rest of the the background is all goes to black yeah and you can do that in the middle of the day and so when you're shooting so obviously it's it's all mirrorless now for you is that right yes um are you using the electronic viewfinder or are you pre-visualizing the images based on um what you know to expose for highlights and let the blacks go how does that look? Um, well, well, I always expose for the highlights. So my settings are my um, I work, I shoot manually. Yep. And so I just I always set it on um my shutter speed on five hundred or a thousand. Right. I don't. I very rarely go below five hundred because I like to freeze movement. Yep. And then I always shoot at um f eight or F11, F16, mm. Mm. and then ISO. I vary the ISO. So, you, that's, the so one, that's my main variable. So, so that's ISO. what you're changing, the ISO. Uh, yeah. Are you using the electronic viewfinder or are you just using the no, normal I'm viewfinder? No, I'm using the screen, the LCD Oh, the, sorry, screen, yeah, because, you're, you're seeing at the back. But so if you've yeah. got images popping up on the screen, don't you get caught because the images pop up? Doesn't that give you away as a no? Because I, no one else can see it, <laughs> right? Unless they're standing right behind me. Yeah, I guess. Or over me. Yeah, yeah. They can't. They can't see it. They can't see it from a different angle. Fair enough. You have to be looking directly at it. Yeah. Sometimes I use the viewfinder, but I wear glasses, and my my vision is is really weird. Right. I'm extremely short sighted, but it, my vision is changing at the moment, and so. I have a lot of difficulty looking through the viewfinder and that's why I use mostly use the LCD screen. But the other thing is um, when you're using the LCD screen, it can be a way of being more discreet um, as well. So so you've got the camera down quite low. It's away from you yeah, so people yeah, don't think always. you're taking I shots. Do. Yeah, I have it quite low but I also do lift it up. If mm. I need to get it up, I'll lift it up. Right. But the the other really important thing when you're working that closely is to and you want candid shots is to not look not um not make eye contact with the person <laughs> that you're photographing. Right, of course. Yeah. Um <laughs> that's so, another thing. So what you are you learn. doing? Are you looking away? You're pretending to do something else as you're snapping? Yeah, you you look um through the person. Look to the to the distance, into the distance. 
Just with that in timing and framing, again, is this a muscle that you learn? Like, because I know that um, learning uh, through all the different sort of um, forms of cameras that I've used uh, when I started shooting from manual focus to autofocus to, you know, shooting now that uh, I've, I can tell if my image is in focus, uh, I just feel it. <laughs> Yeah. Which sounds really weird, but I just do. Yeah. I just know it's in focus or I know I've got the shot. It's not it's it's not a mechanical thing, it's an intuitive thing. The way that you shoot many of your images low down from when you do, you don't really have the advantage of being able to um shoot slowly and deliberately, do you just feel that the shot is framed? Is it a is it a muscle that you've trained? Yes, yeah, it's a muscle that I've trained. It's just practice. And it's um, like a lot of people that uh, see images like yours or other street photographers, uh, it, it's easy for anyone on the outside to think, well, you're just naturally gifted and you were born being able to shoot in that way. How many misses are there before you got your first one at that sort of – in that style? Oh, lots of misses. Mm. <laughs> like, That's important like to, 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 to – Yeah, but like we, we – you're not showing your misses online, are you? You're not showing oh, the 50 shots no, before no. the warm-ups, are you? But we're no, only sharing our good stuff. A, that's right. It's very important to only show your good stuff. Yes, and that was drilled into me by um, Macho Dakwitz. Yeah. He said, only post your best work online. And that's uh, something that I've noticed uh, with you. You don't post a lot, but when you do, it's fantastic. But you're not uh, – I don't see you th – th there'll be times when you don't post for a long time and then you'll post something and blow everyone out of the water. So it, is that a deliberate – um, thing no, on your it's, part. Not, it's not. It's not deliberate. deliberate. It's just, like, <laughs> just time. It's just time it's thing, just time. is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's because, as I said, the last few months I've just been really time poor and yeah. I haven't been shoot out shooting as much and it's it's extremely frustrating for a street photographer because we do have this addi addiction. It is an addiction. We just, oh, we just have to get out there. We have to get out there. But it's and it's so frustrating. It's also you know living in a in a small place. It's where there aren't many people, and it's and it's winter. It takes time to go to Sydney. You know we have to get on the train and yeah. get up there, and yeah. it takes. And we're there Saturday, sometimes Sunday, and so our weekends are consumed with photography. Yeah. Um, and some weekends we have other things that we have to have to do, unfortunately, other than taking street photos, street photos. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but you know, now the weather's warming up. I hope to get back down to the pool more regularly. Get and, out there and feed that addiction. Yeah, and and then trip to India. Have more photos to post, hopefully. Oh, that'll be amazing! I look forward to that. Um, and so. Just uh, before I let you go, uh, what 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 would be some advice you would give someone who's maybe thinking about getting into this sort of style of photography? Uh, what 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 do you what, what sort of advice do you give new photographers coming up now? Well, if you are interested in street photography, be very 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 careful because it is very addictive and it consumes you. 
And that's not a bad thing. <laughs> you have to be have a very supportive family, right? <laughs> because you will be away from them a lot. Yeah. So I, I'm lucky because Jerry's also a street photography addict. So right. you know, I don't have that issue, but I know other people who do have that issue. Um, but the the word, I guess. My advice is to get out and, and shoot as much as you can and, you know, everybody says this, get out as much as you can and practice yes. as much as you can and that in in time you'll become more confident hmm. and know, know the law, don't be afraid and, you know, just get out there and enjoy it because it's, it's a really wonderful way of, um, you know, if it's get, it's, it's like, um, a, a form of mindfulness when you get into the zone. I don't mm. know if you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's and it's so relaxing. And for people who do have mental health stuff, you know, anxiety and depression, it's a wonderful way of helping that. It true. It forces you to live in the moment. I think photography, um, in general, is uh, a great. Uh, way of uh, keeping everyone in the moment because as a photographer Mm -hmm. you're always noticing things you're noticing the light you're noticing how the tree the leaves are moving you're noticing people and yeah and when you're in the moment watching people and what they're doing exactly you're not you're not worrying about the future you're not having anxiety or you're not you know lamenting the past which is Mm -hmm. uh yeah so i think it's a it's a very uh healthy thing to do so i so the the advice get out there and and shoot and and not just every now and then but as much as as much as you possibly can can. and there are lots of uh online communities out there very supportive uh with street photography and i think street photographers in general are very um supportive of each other and and recognize good work so i think it's um it's good to get your stuff out there whether it's whatever your social media platform of choice is yeah um, all right, so where can people find you, uh, Julia? And if there's anything that I've forgotten, I think you're part of a, quite a number of um, uh, a, a collectives. Can you, can you just tell us about those briefly? So um, I am an admin for an administrator of the International At Women in Street community, okay. which, is, um, which was founded by Casey Meshbesher who mm. is based in Minnesota. Mm. She she formed Women in Street um, a couple of years ago and it's been building and building as um, a very supportive group for women street photographers. Mm-hmm. And um, there's all sorts of things that are going to happen with that um, in the next so long. We've got some exciting things happening. And then I'm also a co-founder along with Rebecca Wiltshire of the Unexposed Collective, which is a platform for Australian women and non-binary street photographers. Right. Where it's um, anyone can join, um, including men. Right. Can join and and we encourage men to join. Right. But we only and, – and we also encourage – people from around the world and 
um, to join us and support us, but we only feature the work of Australian women and non-binary people, street photographers on our Facebook page and um, Insta feed. So it's the it's the Unexposed Collective on Facebook and Instagram, and we have a website as well. And it's been we, – we only started it in January of this year and there's been such an overwhelming response and we have – we've been having meetups in um, the different cities, particularly yeah. in Melbourne and Sydney and Perth. And the women um, who are part of that are just really loving it and there's a really strong sense of community growing out of that. Fantastic. Because it's a safe, they see it as a safe and supportive place. Excellent work. Excellent. Just, yeah. I should have asked you this at, at, at the opening. What's your definition of street photography? Oh, <laughs> 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 my definition of street photography. Oh, do I have a definition of street mm. photography? Well, so if someone was um, wanting to join one of these collectives that you're a part of uh, and they posted an image, is there an image that you would say, well, no, that's not street photography? So like. Yeah, it's interesting because we do occasionally get um, people posting photos of, you know, flowers and that mm. sort of thing. So ideally street photography is um, photography in a public place. Right. That does include humans or indication of an indication of human life, you know, um, or animals or, you know, something that includes, um, like it, it could be a chair or, yep. um, oh, what am I trying to say here? It could, you know, if if there's a chair sitting in, in a street or a public place somewhere and there's a person's shadow in there yeah. or there's a shoe or, yeah. you know, there's a random hand in part of the part of the frame. Yes. Um, or a bunch of flowers scattered on the ground or something like that. Right. Then that would be street photography still. Right. Me. Is a forest it, yeah, outside? So actually, that's that, an interesting question mm. because someone asked this in one of somewhere. Um, does it would it include a forest? I would say yes because as if long you, as there's what's that what's that question? If you take a photo in a forest, is it street photography? If a bear, yeah. <laughs> if <laughs> there <laughs> is. Um, something that is symbolic of a human if there's a human element in some form in that forest in that photo so a shoe for example lying okay, on the ground an abandoned in abandoned shoe in the forest yeah, that is I, then you define that as street photography not landscape photography i i think that would be a great image as a great street photography image with a shoe, abandoned shoe, shoe in a in forest. A forest. Uh, yeah. Is a canoe on a river street A canoe on a river? Um, I mean, <laughs> that's the other thing is that, you know, what is the difference between a family shot of someone, you know, your family in a canoe on the river Yeah. or a shot 
of um, a you know something else in a canoe on a river, something mm. that makes it quirky and interesting. So it's the vibe or the intention behind it's, the shot that that, that yeah. makes it street photography more than more so than the subject matter. Yeah, to a point. I, I, yeah, to a point. Mm. So, but basically, street photography is candid photography yep. taken in a public place. Yes, fantastic. Good definition. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> uh, did we give your uh, website uh, and Insta? So it's yeah. So my website is just www.juliacoddington.com. Yep. And my Insta feed is just at Julia Coddington. Fantastic. All right. It's, uh, I've loved chatting with you today. Thank you so much. It's I wish you great, continued Tina. success. Thanks again, Julia. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Julia Coddington. Geez. Um, I love how she talks about that cloak of invisibility and how she can just get in there and not really, you know, care what other people think. Well, they're not thinking, are they? And it's like that that point really came home to me and it's like it's so true. We are so hung up and I know I had the same feelings when I was starting out as a photographer. I really want to approach that person, but what are they going to say? What are they going to think of me? Or even in the terms of being a portrait photographer and Mm. wanting to get a good photo of someone, we all get so hung up on what are they thinking of me and a lot of photographers when they're starting out will rush through a shoot because what are people going to think? Mm. They don't. Take your time. Do what you need to do. Everyone only (laughs) – sadly – most people only care about themselves and everyone, as as Julie was saying, is so caught up in getting in and out of the pool or worried about what they look like in their swimming costume that they don't mm. care or they don't notice that she's <laughs> five millimetres away from their face, mm-hmm. you know, taking photos. And, yeah, she, she just manages to be and blend in. And I, I guess the more you um, feel like you blend in and you're not self-conscious, the the more you do blend in, it's kind of like that 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 having that cool edge and that confidence. So uh, I really enjoyed that uh, interview. Yeah, love it. And she does workshops as well. Julia does street <laughs> photography workshops. I think that's street really cool. Street photography, yeah, very cool. So like they're usually around uh, monthly. She's saying she's trying to do them. So. Uh, streetphotographyworkshops.com.au. All these links are in the show notes. Check out her Instagram at Julia Coddington and then the website juliacoddington.com and also some of those if you're interested in any of the uh, uh, street photography collectives that she's a part of, uh, all those links will be in the show notes as well. Cool. All right. So you can find the show notes along with images of Julia's work at com. So in the meantime, Gina, I know that you are off gallivanting very soon. And, mm. and while you're doing that, where do we find you online? So it's ginamilitia.com, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm um, most active on Instagram and also in the podcast Facebook community. So that's So You Want to Be a Photographer 
podcast Facebook community, Val. Did I get so it you, right? It's so you want to be a photographer podcast community. So just search for go. that while you're on Facebook and connect with both of us in there. We'd love to have you. It's free to join and um, it's great to have people in there from all walks of life from all over the world. In the meantime, you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram. And, um, of course, feel free to connect with me on Facebook as well. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.